Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 1. Here's Pastor Ryan. And change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things, professing to be wise. Paul is giving a, a, a truth here of the world, especially the more arrogant, the more prideful, the more profession of self-wisdom. And we live in a world where, where, where through the media, through social media, I mean, it is a constant barrage of lecturing of how we ought to live our lives by the elitists in our world. Whether it's Hollywood, whether it's the bankers, whether it's the media, whether it's the politicians, whether it's some of the scientists and some of the medical field. I mean, everyone knows how we should live. Everyone, you know, presumes to have the answer, professing to be wise. And there is an elitist attitude. You know, the sophisticates, the... You know, the intellectuals of our societies don't get it wrong if you listen to them enough. The intellectuals believe that because they have a degree, they have a right to tell other people how to live. They have worked their whole lives and they couldn't wait to get that so that they can tell their family and friends, look what I have, I have my degree and thus I, you know, I'm like the scarecrow from the Wizard of Oz. I got a brain now. And I can tell everybody how to live. And you see this. And it's, it's nauseating to me. And um, what used to be intimidating to me, you know, uh, isn't anymore. They don't intimidate me. The Bible says that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And so these men with all their answers, these doctors, these scientists who tell us what is right and what is wrong, they do not know what is right and what is wrong. God does. They do not know better than God. God does. And what God says is right is right, and what he says is wrong is wrong. But people are suppressing his truth because they want to do what they, if you want to do what you want to do, you got to suppress God. You have to. You can't just live however you want. I was talking to a friend, uh, I remember a conversation having with a co-worker, you know, trying to witness to him, young guy. And I, I told him, well, then who tells us what is right and what is wrong? And he goes, well, we do. We as a society decide, okay, see that house? That guy thinks one way is right. You go to the next house, and that guy thinks another way is right. You go to the next house, and they, they think that the other two guys were wrong, and they're thinking it's all relevant because we're fallen human beings, and it's relevant to whoever you ask. What is right? What is wrong? And if you want to suppress God's truth, you go to the people who give you the opinion that you want to hear that's how we work and you get enough people with enough degrees with enough lab coats to tell you your lifestyle's okay you're okay you're fine it's cool i mean growing up you know as a young man i was living in sexual immorality like everybody else in my neighborhood that's what you know you know kids in high schools were doing where i'm from it's just you know all over the place 
I mean, you'll be surprised how many families had no problem with it. How many moms and and uh, grandparents just let their kids use the house. Use, you know, it's, it's, there was no, you shouldn't do that. You should wait till you get married stuff. Just wasn't. But you get enough adults to tell you it's okay. Then you think it's okay. Then you get saved. And the only adult in the room is God. And he says it's not okay and it hasn't been okay. And your mom and maybe your dads and maybe your grandparents and your aunts and uncles were wrong. They should have not let you been out by yourself all those years. God's good. What can I say? For a Sunday morning. Uh, it feels more like a conference sometimes when I'm preaching. I don't know. I feel like it's just... But it's a heavy, uh, you know, subject. It's the sinfulness of man. And so, um, yeah, professing to be wise. And they, 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 they change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. And birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. You know, just m mankind will worship anything and everything. You know, whether it's four-footed animals or creatures. You look around the world, people worship crazy things. You know, the tree god, the, 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 the moon god, the, the, you know. The few times I spoke to my real father. He's Hawaiian. He said, well, my God is the shark God, so when you're surfing, you'll be fine. <laughs> you can add, you know, four-footed animals, uh, birds, and fins. <laughs> but that's how people are. It, it's an exchange for the incorruptible, beautiful God who loves us into things who, that cannot help us. All right. You can wear a shark tooth necklace. You're still going to get bit by a shark if it's your time to get bit by a shark. But people are superstitious and, and, and you know. But on a, on a greater level, the, the reality is people aren't going to have little, little gods like that in the, in, the, in the sophisticated world of the United States and, and first world countries. But if you watch their lives long enough, they're worshiping something. And if they were forced for just a day to carry a little statue, gold, silver, or wood, that spoke to what they truly worship, I wonder what it would look like. It would probably look like them. It would probably look like them. And that's what the Bible says, does it not? Concerning the idols of men... It says in Psalm 115, verse 4 through 8, Their idols are silver and gold, the work of man's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses they have, but they smell not. They have hands, they handle not. Feet they have, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. That they that make them are like unto them. So is everyone who trusts in them. That's Psalm 115, verses 4 through 8. They who make them are like them. 
their idols, their self-worship, what can it do for them? Could it save them in the end? No, their souls are costly. And no matter how many good works they do, no matter, no matter what, how they, oh, I'm climate change, social justice, environmentalism, you ought to, you ought to, wait a minute, wait a minute, you ought to give your life to Jesus Christ, we say back. You ought to give your life to Jesus Christ. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And stop telling everybody how to live their lives because your soul is going right to hell if you don't repent. Their idols are useless. Their fame, their money, their intellect, it's useless. The wisdom of man, the Bible says, is foolish to the Lord. It's foolishness. What does it matter? What does it matter in the end when they have to face the Lord? Therefore, God also gave them up to uh, uncleanness. In the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And so we see here that because of their suppression of God, their rejection of God, weren't thankful of God, their hearts became darker. And God gave them up to uncleanness. That didn't mean that he like forced it upon them. In other words, if you want to reject God, he's going to allow them to go as deep as they want to in their depravity. He's giving them up to what they want. You want to be that way, then he is just... As part of his judgment, as part of his wrath, he's giving them up over to what they want. And that sin, as we know, the Bible says it's pleasurable for a season, but in the end, it leads to death. And we think of death physically, oh, but there's death spiritually. There is a lot going on. And so, uh, it says here that, that he, he gives them up to that. Verse 26, For this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due now as we speak to this as god is speaking to uh the sin of lesbianism and homosexual homosexuality we want to keep in mind that god came to save sinners in whom i am chief paul said and paul lived a little self-righteous religious holy life over there in Jerusalem before he got knocked off his high horse it on his way to Damascus God came to save sinners the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness even the unrighteousness of the lesbian lifestyle and also the homosexuality and all others sexual immoral practices 
Okay, let me get, let me put that out there right away. Thank God for Jesus. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. And he blessed that bread and he broke it. He said, this is the cup of my new covenant, which is my blood, which is shed for many for the remission of sins, for the taking away of it. That's why he came. That's why we love the Lord. But in the context of what God is saying here is that that particular sin is one where, where, where the Lord allowed, allowed as part of judgment currently that to go that far. In other words, if you, if you want to keep rejecting God, if you want to keep suppressing him then he gives up man to the judgment of their own sins even here now his wrath we know is coming but even here now you want to be in your vomit your vomit you will have as part of the judgment and that is something that is evident here in scripture that 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 lifestyle that sin is part of current judgment upon sinful man and that is why it says here in verse 27 look what it says likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lusts for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. So it's, it, it, it's, it's receiving the penalty, right? When you receive the penalty, that's receiving partial wrath as we speak. And one day, the wrath of God is coming, and that is why the Bible says, repent. For Jesus is coming to judge the whole world. But this sin in particular, it's, it's judgment upon them. And there aren't studies that are being widely circulated in the media that delves into those lifestyles and does proper checks and balances as how it affects those living with that um, with that sin, how it affects them emotionally, psychologically, physically, and in other ways. It's not going to be circulated. It's not going to be taught. Why? Because the devil wants to promote it. And this is why it's everywhere. Commercials, TV, movies, our children are being taught that in the public schools. It's everywhere. Why? Because the devil is in the business of destroying people's lives. But as Christians, we are here to love those who are trapped in all sins. Not just those sins, but in all sins. And to share the truth of Jesus Christ. That he can save you from any depravity that you are involved in. That is the truth of the gospel. Or else I would not be here. I have as a pastor, I have lived my own sins. I, I, I lived a, a, a immoral life prior to coming to Christ. Anyone else here had that problem? 
We were nasty. I was perverted. No good. I don't deserve heaven. I don't deserve a good wife. I don't deserve to be able to preach before you, Jesus Christ. I don't deserve any of the good that I have received. But that's how the Lord works. He came to save any sinner, even in those communities, in whatever community of sin, he came to save. So man is without excuse. The world is telling them, the doctor, you know, I'm born this way, or I am, you know. Listen, you're right. You were born that way. You were a born sinner. We all were born sinners. But God came to save us from our sins so that we can have power over that. And how does it work? I'll tell you this. You know, some people have problems. I have, I'm, I'm one of those. You can know a little bit about me. I have a heart that constantly tries to condemn me for my past. You know, I met a, my, my friend from the Navy. I wasn't in the Navy. He was in the Navy. I was from a gang. <laughs> but he came back, and he was my friend as a child. And he knew I, I would escape to his house when I was being abused. And, you know, I wasn't watched and stuff. But as a kid, I, they were my, him and his brother were my best friends. But I was talking to him, and, and he knows the Lord now, and, and, and it's great and all. I was talking to him a couple years ago, and he said, you know, Ryan, you have PTSD. We do. He said we, because he was abused too. He got molested, him and his brother. And the guy almost got me. Boys and Girls Club, dude. But he thought I had PTSD just from my childhood experience not even mentioning the gang life. From I joined the gang at 15. I got out of it when I got saved a month before my 24th birthday. I've seen more violence than I can care to remember. Stabbings, blood. I've been beat up by over 20 guys. I've been jumped till they were done. And I can go on and on. And he, th he said, I had, you, we, hey, Ryan, we have PTSD from our childhood. Maybe that's true. But that's not even touching the gang part and the drugs and all everything else. I was wicked. I became one of the three top like guys from the gang. And then I got saved. Yay. Yay. And I married a girl from Pretty World. We spoke at a couple's thing on Friday. It's so, the grace of God is so crazy. It's so ridiculous, right? Like this guy, that girl, boom. But she was just a sinner as me. She needed repentance just like I did. You see how God, that's how God is. It doesn't matter. But, I want to share that having a problem with our past life, you ain't the only one dealing with the past. Okay? Because here's the thing about the past. Satan brings up the past to condemn us. Right? So you got a bunch of Christians over here. Ooh, their past is like that. You know? 
they went crazy one night and drank six beers. Okay? That's them. <laughs> then there's us. And there's just too much dirt there. There's too much perversion. And though I'm forgiven and I'm a new creature, he brings the pass up to everyone. Because Revelation tells us that he continually accuses the brethren before God. But we have an adversary, uh, we have an um, advocate, Jesus. So whenever he tries to remind you of your past, you just remind him of his future and tell him he's going to burn in the lake of fire. And yeah, we did all those things, but they're forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. So they no longer exist. I am a new creation, and all old things have passed away. So don't get all hurt feelings on this matter. The rest of the chapter deals with everybody else's sins. In Hebrews 11, verse 31, By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Prostitute, Rahab, had an opportunity to help God's people and she chose God and got saved. And that changed her life forever. And she stopped those harlot ways. Worship the God of Israel. That's who we are. To the praise of his glory, we are sinners saved by grace. Some people don't dig that. But I'm sorry. He saves sinners. Some that we probably wouldn't save ourselves if we had an opportunity, but he does. I remember early in my ministry, I was witnessing to somebody who confided in me. It's a young guy. Mm, 30s. He had gotten out of jail for molesting his daughter. And he's weeping to me. And um, I can see that he was repentive. I can see that God changed him. just teaches us a little bit more about our Lord. Because you know what he says to those who hurt kids. It's better for them to hang a noose around their neck and to drown themselves in the ocean. That's what he said. But then again, God can even forgive that. Mm. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We just thank you so much. You are a just God, loving God. And surely you want us to be a people that uphold the law to protect kids. But no matter what the sin is, if the sinner finds it in his heart 
desire grace to turn from his or her wicked ways, you will receive them as a child and cleanse them. Jesus, you are amazing. Help us to be the Christians that you want us to be. Give us a heart for the loss. Give us wisdom and understanding so that we can speak your truth to others. Use us, your church, to give hope to the lost. Draw sinners, Lord, here to our church for repentance. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.